1: with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, there's been plenty of reaction across the day to Ben Stokes' decision to be come and come out for the Ashes uh, this summer. What's happening with Melbourne? They've got a big party going on, but what are these little parties we're hearing about? I'll explain all that to you. Time On, your say on the news of the day. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in whatever circumstances you're currently in. Uh, to anyone who got a test today, to anyone who got vaccinated today, uh, we're getting even closer to that 80% mark, which by the way, my hometown of Bendigo nailed a, a day or two ago. So congratulations to the city of Greater, the heart of Victoria, 80% uh, vaccination rate and all the frontline workers, your absolute superstars. Another beautiful Melbourne day today. It's The weather has done us a kindness, hasn't it? Um, knowing that uh, everybody's going to be out and about to a, a much larger degree than they have been for a long time. We've had, what is it, three or four absolute pearlers in a row. So that is just something to enjoy and, and revel in. So I hope you've been able to get out and experience a little bit of sunshine uh, today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Your say on the news of the day. Uh, speaking of vaccinations... We had an interesting night of it last night when it came to this, but when it comes to the Australian Open and still no firm decision made in regards to will or will they not, the unvaccinated, be allowed to come to Melbourne for the Australian Open. Dan Andrews spoke uh, on ABC last night and again in his presser today saying that as far as he's concerned that if you are going to come here then you need to be following the rules of everybody else here. So it'll be a federal government decision because they are in charge of the borders and the rules in which for people, uh, they set the rules for people coming in and out uh, of Australia. And uh, the Immigration Minister last week, I reckon it was, saying that he can't see a situation where they would be letting people in that weren't vaccinated. But this was, of course, before this Australian Open story broke yesterday. So we'll continue to just wait and watch uh, and see what happens uh, with that. Hey, there's an interesting little story out today, a couple of little ones from a footy point of view. So the Sydney Swans have, uh, according to Mitch Cleary from uh, Seven News, have asked the AFL to get a home game in round one of the 2022 season because Buddy Franklin is five goals away for 1,000 or from a 1,000. And, and that in itself will be one of the most extraordinary achievements in AFL history. And you might say, well, Sam, there's six or so other blokes that have done that. And I'll say, yes, but none of them did that in the team defence era. Not one of them, which is not taking away from the incredible achievements of those men. But uh, I think there's something quite significant about Buddy Franklin being able to do it. Um, in the era of floods when he first came in and then to team defence and then defending when holding the ball and all the evolutions of, of what we now know as modern defence in our great game. So that'll be something uh, even more significant when he reaches that milestone. And will another player ever be able to do that? Um, it, it doesn't sort of look like it at the moment, does it? So the idea, though, that they believe that, yet yeah, we want that home game and we want to be in a position where if that goal is kicked, that thousandth goal, we want it to be at the SCG. And absolutely you would. But is there any guarantees that he kicks five in round one, the Budster? You're sort of crossing fingers and toes, aren't you? So if if that was granted, you'd expect, maybe they'll get the first two home games. Maybe they'll get their first two games at home, Sydney. Um, And you can only schedule one of them against Hawthorne. So it'd be nice if he was able to do it against Hawthorne, I think. That's got a nice little bow attached to it. There's a little bit of serendipity about that. Um, that More and more now, the AFL's looking at sort of milestones when they're doing the schedule. They picked it beautifully for Sean Burgoyne to play his 400th against Port Adelaide for Hawthorne. Of course, the team that he won a premiership with and, and was All-Australian with. Um, in uh, He was All-Australian, I think, in uh, 2007, but they won the premiership in uh, 2004, of course. And he was able to... Honor that milestone against his first club. So, where where do where do they schedule? Who do they schedule against Sydney in that round one game? And are you absolutely certain? And nothing's a certainty that Buddy's going to be able to get that thousandth goal. Uh, in that game. So you'd expect that if they agree to that, then either round one or round two, Sydney are playing Hawthorne, uh, I reckon you'd find. The other little bit of AFL news doing the rounds today, before we get into some scores of the day uh, and before we get into some other things making news, the reaction of Ben Stokes coming uh, out for this summer has just really sparked it nicely. Not not that it probably needed it, but there was a bit of apathy around, geez, the England squad, not, not a great read, is it? Even they were sort of bemoaning it. Um And now that Ben Sto... And then, as Jerry Watley was pointing out today, there seemed to be almost this fait accompli attitude that, oh, well, Australia have won the Ashes before a ball had even been bowled in anger. So this just... It's not so much a cat amongst the pigeons, but this just tips the scales back just a little bit, and that's what you want. We want to go into this Ashes absolutely uncertain and unsure of what might be to come. Um, This was the other little story during the rounds today... And it's to do with Melbourne. So great news yesterday. And for Dees fans and the club are confirming that on December 5th, the MCG will be the venue for a grand final party, the likes of which we haven't seen before because the Melbourne fans who weren't able to head over to, to, to WA from uh, all corners of wherever, wherever you're allowed to come from at that point, hopefully uh, you do, uh, you are able to make it to the MCG and hopefully there can be uh, as many people there as that can humanly hold to celebrate uh, that drought-breaking premiership, 57 years In the making. Now that was a great news story yesterday, accompanied by the fact that we're expecting Simon Goodwin to get a contract extension and a healthy pay rise, which he absolutely deserves. But then there was a story that was starting to do the rounds today in regards to some other regional celebrations and what they were actually all about. And it elicited this response, uh, from Dwayne Russell when he heard about the fact that there was going to be Melbourne players going out to regional areas, uh, to meet with fans and do essentially sporties. Um, but that there was a cost involved. And this was Dwayne's response to it today on Dwayne's World. Should the Melbourne Footy Club be charging $150
3: or $149 for a photo with what we're told is a replica Premiership Cup uh, with a small group of Melbourne Footy Club Premiership players as they head to Victorian country regions to do a meet and greet with a few of the fans? Should they be charging for it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. It's not just the fact they are charging, it's the fact that they're charging $149. Footy fans in Victoria have been starved of live action, starved of opportunity to get close to football. Many of them across the state, across the country, members who've received nothing pretty much for their membership dollar in the last two years. Should a meet and greet photo session be free or don't do it at all because uh, at the moment there is a little bit of unrest over it your thoughts on that not a melbourne football club put together event i'm told sam edman did join us a little bit later it has been a private enterprise event but uh yeah it's it's an interesting way of looking at uh trying to get the cup and get footy and get the melbourne footy club players out to the people
1: so that was Dwayne, and you could sort of I think during that uh, chat, it was it was sort of maybe put through to to Dwayne's ear about the uh, the the explanation around the fact that this isn't actually a sanctioned Melbourne event. So Sam Edmund came on and, and tried to clarify a couple of things with Dwayne today. No, Dwayne,
4: the Melbourne Football Club have no involvement in this whatsoever. It's run uh, completely separately to the Melbourne Football Club. They haven't rubber-stamped it, but they don't have any control over it either. Now, this is a privately run event that's um, organised through the respective players' management in their spare time. So if the players choose to attend, Dwayne, then they're free to attend. Melbourne Footy Club have no control over that. Now, what we do know is the Melbourne Football Club are holding a free premiership party at the MCG on December 5, and I can tell you they're about to announce before the end of the week, and I'll see a few texts have landed in here too about what Geelong and Richmond have done over the years. Well, Melbourne are going to do the same and they're going to run or host a Premiership Cup tour across uh, Victoria and some remote regions of Victoria. So the Premiership Cup, the genuine holy grail of the AFL will be on tour. Uh, Those details to be announced uh, by the end of the week by the Melbourne Football Club. So people who want to get their photo with the genuine Premiership Cup will be able to do so. So they're the things that Melbourne, the club, are organising. This is a private Um, event, if you like, and obviously when it comes to these sort of events, uh, they're ticketed, people are charged, so that's what DAP's Entertainment, which is the boutique event company that's running this particular series of uh, of, um, meet and greets, if you like, or stage shows and dinners and breakfasts and lunch functions, Dwayne, that's what they're putting out there at the moment. No, that's correct. And in regards to merchandise, I don't think it... I mean, only licensed retailers can sell official AFL merchandise. I wouldn't thought it would be uh, official AFL merchandise either. It certainly ruffled some feathers, Dwayne, this one, but I mean, it's a privately run event. The tickets you mentioned off the top, $499 for a family pass. A lot of fans, several hundred of them. I've canvassed the responses on Facebook and various social media platforms, and $149 for a single ticket. Certainly upset, uh, angry over the price of some of these tickets but I did have a chat to the Managing Director of DAPS Entertainment, Dougal Austin, who did defend the cost Wayne, and he said these events were not just simply meet and greets, they were five hour, full on shows uh, there would be prize giveaways, there'd be um, you know, upwards of eight, nine players in attendance every time, panel shows and the like so he's got his overheads that he needs to meet as well, yeah. but it's certainly not a club uh, sanctioned or club uh, involvement or club approved event if that makes sense.
1: So, fantastic explanation for Sam Edmund, that's why he's one of the best in the business, went to all the parties involved, dug deep, found out exactly what was going on, and this isn't a Melbourne football club event. Uh, the players in their off-season have been uh, sought out or their managers have been sought out by the entertainment company that Sam Edmund just mentioned uh, and asked if they'd be interested in uh, in uh doing some work and they'll be paid for that and uh, and then you pay for your ticket to go see them just like any other sportsman's lunch that you've been to. So as Sam said, the club themselves will do a tour with the Cup uh, and the players. This is essentially someone running sporties uh, and when you go to a sporty, you pay for a ticket. That money covers the cost of food and whatever, and, and obviously getting uh, the, the special guest speakers that are up there as well. So there is a bit of flack being thrown Melbourne's way. I even rang Melbourne today uh, to have a chat to their media manager, and he explained to me as well the exact same thing that this is not a Melbourne football club sanctioned event uh, and not an official Melbourne football club event either. There are some players and coach and I think maybe even Simon Goodwin that that, that might be um, uh, participating in it, but um, as is their right to do so in the off-season, um, I would imagine they're being paid to do it and then people pay to go hear them talk and uh, enjoy that day. So essentially these are sporties that Melbourne players um, are going to be at. So that's the situation here. On the December 5th at the MCG, it's a free event. Every single player on the list will be there, and every single coach will be there, and there is no charge to that on that day. So there's still, <laughs> there's still some people uh, texting through at the moment on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text, uh, having a crack at the Melbourne Footy Club. But uh, hopefully now that that puts it to bed, they'll release a statement probably tonight, I'd imagine, uh, and they'll probably do some media in and around it tomorrow. We put in a request to get someone tonight, but we're told uh, just trying to figure out exactly the the ifs, buts and maybes around the whole thing and uh, and they'll come back to us tomorrow. So I'm sure we'll hear from the Melbourne Footy Club over the next 24 hours, but uh, I'd imagine a press release will come out uh, pretty quickly tonight uh, and then they'll um, step up and uh, and explain verbally tomorrow. So hopefully that uh, just allays some of the concerns uh, from Melbourne Faithful because it was getting pretty spirited uh, and and the... The objections to it were were many, uh, and they were frequent. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Plenty more making news today, which will take you through all the reaction to Ben Stokes, his decision to make sure that he's available, and uh, his decision to. Uh, make himself available for the upcoming Ashes series is welcome news indeed. I'll go through the scores of the day as well and of course Time On's all about your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 or you can text in 433 on the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other.
4: You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves
1: on SEM. Uh, Hobart Hurricanes, 8 for 132 at the end of their 20 overs in the WBBL. The second game today, Uh, earlier on, it was the Stars, too good for the Thunder. Uh, The Stars, uh, 7 for 108 um, in their 20 overs, and then the Thunder uh, just couldn't get going. 5 for 96 in the end. Elise Villani, 52 for her. Um, For the Thunder, Sharma had 44 not out, and Kim McGrath took three wickets. For the stars, the Hobart Hurricanes innings was anchored uh, by a forty-seven off uh, forty-two uh, effort from Ruth Johnston uh, and twenty-seven not out from Molly Strano, just to bring it home at the end. So we'll keep you up to date on those scores as we continue to work our way through. And there was um, a, an absolute corker of a catch taken. Um, by uh, Laura Harris. If you get a chance to go and have a look at the Heat BBL uh, Instagram page, it was an out and out screamer at Backwood Point. Uh, so make sure you check that out. WBBL scores, NBA scores today. If you don't want to know, if you're going to be having a look when you get home later on today, a couple of scores for you: uh, the Celtics over the Hornets in overtime, 140 to 129. Bucks over the Pacers, 119 to 109. Nets 104 to 90 over the Wizards. Paddy Mills in. Uh, in just four games, has two twenty-plus 20-plus-point games. He is having a fantastic season in the early going. Um, as I said, second score over 20 points. He started the season hitting his first 10 three-pointers in a row. He's now 16 of 26 from outside uh, and was crucial in that win today. And especially with no Kyrie Irving, uh, he stepped up in a big, big way and the early favourite for six man of the year, I reckon you would find. Uh, the Hawks 122 over the Pistons 104. Raptors went down to the Bulls. The Bulls are 4 and 0 for the first time since 1996-97 season. Obviously that was under the Jordan Pippen era with Phil Jackson as coach. They've got a new look team um, bringing in um uh, bringing in LaMelo uh bring in what's the other ball? Not not LaMelo, not Lava. is it LeVar? What's the other ball, Mick? Um the, the first one that was drafted. What was his name again? Anyway, Lonzo, geez, that came through really loud. Lonzo Ball, uh, Zach Levine, uh, having a really good year as well. And then they got um, they got DeMar DeRozan from San Antonio, so they're looking really good. Uh, Chicago Bulls fans haven't had much to cheer about in recent years. Heat one hundred and seven and ninety over the Magic. Heat looking good as well. Uh, and it's actually funny that the Bulls are um, are on top in the East, and uh, the Hornets and up until today were equal with them. Uh, Pelicans 107 over the Timberwolves 98 and the Cavs 99 to 87 over the Nuggets, which is a bit of a surprise in that one. Uh, And the Clippers 116 over the Trailblazers 86 today. So they are the NBA scores and you are uh, up to date in the NFL. 13 to 10 Saints over the Seahawks. That was a tough game to watch. A really tough game to watch. Seahawks without Russell Wilson. Their defense is shot at the moment. Um, uh, New Orleans Saints um, with Jameis Winston at quarterback, weren't a whole lot better. They were just, it was just who was the least bad today. Um, and by the way, I don't know if you saw the um, the story yesterday Tom Brady getting his 600th career touchdown. Nobody's ever uh, thrown that many. Ma- uh, Mike Evans, who was the receiver on the end of it, actually gave the ball away to a fan before realising it was the 600th TD. They actually wrangled it back from the fan who. Found out later, as we all did, that um, a memorabilia expert quoted it at worth six hundred thousand dollars now. So at 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 this very moment, that ball worth six hundred thousand dollars. So they gave the guy two signed jerseys, a helmet from Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey, and his game cleats, a thousand bucks credit at the team store, two season passes for the remainder of this season as well as next season. I still don't know if they gave him enough. <laughs> He would be kicking himself. 600 grand, but he did the right thing. Um, that's a pretty special moment. That's a piece of history that no one else has. He's um, a bit like that, Tom Brady, isn't he? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 736 736 is the temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. So text coming in thick and fast about this non-official Melbourne Event. So this event that uh, is being reported on today, Sam Edmond cleared it all up earlier, has absolutely nothing to do with the Melbourne Football Club. It's not their event. Um, it is an event being run by DAPS Entertainment. Uh, it's going to have some Melbourne players and possibly even Simon Goodwin there going out to regional areas for basically what are sportsmen's lunches um, or breakfast. And uh, they're going to have a replica cup. Out there, you'll be able to uh, post for photos, 149 bucks for a ticket, 4 for a family pass. We're actually doing a lot of advertising for this event um, just by talking about it, but it has raised the ire and angst uh, of the Melbourne regional supporters fraternity. Um, the cost has been defended by the, uh, the head of the company, Dougal Austin. Uh, Kristen Petrarca and Simon Goodwin believe to be involved at some of the events, which will go for about five hours. Um, so your response to this uh, coming through off the text, um, it's an entertainment item, Sam. Private company and the players are the stars of the particular show. No different to a concert festival, etc. It's a user pays world. You like the concept, go along. If it's not for you, then don't. That's life, I'm afraid, but this is far removed from anything Melbourne football club. That's from Duna in Broadford. Good to hear from you, Doona. Uh In 2003, Marcus Ashcroft bought the real cup to Ballarat for free. I have photos of my kids in the cup. In it. They were obviously little tackers uh, at the time. With it or in it? Um, Chris says, uh, or Scott, uh, so if it's not sanctioned, then the Premiership Cup can't be there. Uh, 100% right. So it's a replica. It's a replica Premiership Cup. Uh, Lee says anyone who gets involved in this offshoot will damage their brand, coach included. Uh, Club, players, coach and cup at the event. Cop out. Yeah, it's a replica cup and it is in the players' off-season. So they are entitled to go out and get an urn if uh, an urn comes their way. So technically, this company's not doing anything wrong. It's 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 not an event. It's it's an event that they're putting on. They've gone out and sought out um, guest speakers to appear. Those guest speakers have said yes. They just happen to be Melbourne Premiership players and and coach from what we're what's being reported, and they're going to um, be at this five hour event um, of which people are going to play uh, pay for to attend. Um, I know it it it's I know when you first hear it. I did the same thing that you probably did and went, oh, geez, I don't know about that. But now that we are at the bottom of it, we understand this isn't the Melbourne Football Club asking you to pay for anything. They're going to have a free event, December 5th, MCG, full playing list, all the coaches, uh, a free event uh, and a party uh, to thank all their Melbourne members and fans. Um, This happens in in off-season after off-season. You will see that, and during the season, footy clubs put on events um, and they... Pay players or ex players or ex coaches or you know stars of the game to come out and speak uh, to a group of people over a lunch or a breakfast or a dinner. Um, this has been going on since um, Methuselah was on the rookie list at Melbourne. So it, it's technically they're not actually doing anything wrong. Does it does it pass the pub test for you? Does it sit comfortably with you? That's I'll let you tell me. Um, but technically, there's there's not anything that they're actually doing. Uh, that's wrong. Joe in Roville says, hey, Sammy, lucky we uh, for us we back for the family club. They would never do that to us. Again, we've seen more flags and Melbourne have seen final wins. That's from Joe in Roville. Joe, um, stirring, the, stirring the pot, just uh, kicking kicking the beehive. Um, yeah, again, not a Melbourne-sanctioned event. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 You don't blame them because they're such a small club. No, I don't blame them because it's not their event. Um, that's that's why that's why I blame them. And as for small club, well, they're the premiers, so they're actually the biggest club in town uh, at the moment. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll turn our attention to the cricket news of the day in response uh, to Ben Stokes coming out. Uh, Ryan Harris has been on SENSA today. Chris Rogers has been with Jared on mornings. Angus Fraser, former English Test player, spoke to Gary and Tim this morning. Uh, So we'll hear from all of them. And if you've got your two, Bob, that you want to put in, uh, in regards to anything that we're chatting about, you know the number. This is Time On, your say on the news of the day, SEN. Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Get yourself involved. Time on. Your say on the news of the day. Sporting capital from 7 till 8 tonight because we're taking the Matildas v Brazil game 2 after their 3-1 win in game 1 of their three friendly series. Uh, and don't go anywhere from 7-2. Last week with uh, great success, if I do say so myself, we'd all like to write our own reviews, uh, we did our first edition of What If, uh, basically stolen the Marvel show idea. What if... Certain events in AFL history went a different way. What impact would it have had on the game? How would the landscape be different? Um, how would it change the way that the game might be today or particular clubs are today or their fortunes over history? Today, we've got an absolute ripper. Today's what if after 7 o'clock. What if Sydney never sold the rights to Wayne Carey and John Longmire? We will go through that. Greg Miller who orchestrated North Melbourne's recruiting of both Wayne Carey and John Longmire, who was previously a recruiter with Sydney. That's who he was with when he first laid eyes on those two. He will join us uh, over that hour to explain how that all unfolded and what it might have meant. So get your thinking caps on and go back and have a look at the history of North Melbourne. Wayne Carey, arguably, for many is the greatest player that's ever played the game. If he's not the greatest for you, he's probably in your top three or top five. Many people have him as the best to ever do it. Most, I'm a, Lee, I say Lee Matthews, but certainly Wayne Carey uh, in the top couple to have ever played the game. Certainly the best player of his generation. And, and, and someone who is as pivotal to North Melbourne and iconic to North Melbourne as any player has been to any club, really. And then John Longmire as well, and where he finds himself now, he was a Coleman medalist, um, a premiership player in 99, and now coach of the Sydney Swans. So what if Sydney never sold the rights to Wayne Carey and John Longmire? How would North Melbourne be different now? How would Sydney be different now? What would the 96 grand final have looked like? Would Plugger have ever gone to Sydney? That and a whole lot more we will pontificate and extrapolate uh, and let our imaginations run wild after seven one 736, 736 is the number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Heat are none for one, chasing one hundred and thirty three for victory in the WBBL game. Um, the Heat and the Hurricanes uh, at the moment. Ben Stokes, big story that came through last night. He said, "I'm ready for the Ashes." So Ben Stokes will be coming, the first uh, English all rounder to accumulate four thousand runs and one hundred wickets. He's the heir apparent. To Sir Ian Botham, uh, the hero of Headingley in 2019. He's 135, one of the greatest individual test performances of all time when they held out, he and Jack Leach, uh, to get that famous victory and, uh, and often a thorn in the side. He's ashes record. is very, very good. He averages close to 40 as an all-rounder uh, with the bat and about 35 with the ball. But he's taken wickets. He's made runs. And England are just far and away a better side and a more confident side with him in it. Uh, so he will be part of the Ashes, and that is just brilliant to know. And uh, Angus Fraser, former uh, English Test cricketer, spoke to Gary and Tim this morning uh, on Ben Stokes.
0: Well, it's huge news, isn't it? It's great news for the series, as you just said. Um, I think right, you, can, you can look at the test and you think, well, we're going to win it because the opposition aren't at full strength, but uh, there's greater satisfaction, greater uh, credit uh, from, from beating the team, and they've got the best players
5: available. And...
0: I think a series of that Stokes would have always been he in that bit.
1: He then went on to speak about uh, the injuries uh, that Ben Stokes had been coming back from.
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't know the order. I mean, I would have thought it's his mental well-being, to be honest. I mean, we all know that fingers, like, bones can mend, can't they? Sort of, your you, hamstrings can be, sort of, repair themselves. Um, but we're all still slightly naive on, on, sort of, what takes place between our ears, and... Um, when when players are sort of um well, obviously pulling out of cricket because of their mental well being, you never know how long it's gonna be and how they're gonna come back. But the fact that he seems very happy with it with where he's at, uh, is a great news. So I think that was the bigger hurdle really. I think I think we're all gonna it. It's what he's feeling with himself and recovering from the issues that he's obviously had.
1: Uh, it's well said by Angus Fraser, isn't it? The fact that he's coming out for the Ashes, yep, gets us all as cricket fans very, very excited. But from the human being in us all, just to know that he's in a much better space, is uh, far and away uh, the greatest success uh, of this story and uh, something to be uh, happy about, happier about and uh, and for him uh, of greater importance than, than any game of cricket could possibly be. So um, the byproduct of that is... That we get to have him out here for the uh, the test summer. Angus Fraser spoke about the comparisons of Ben Stokes to Ian Botham.
0: Uh, it's, it. I suppose when you look at great cricketers, you sort of try to look at the contributions, and both them got 41 match-winning performances, did not he, Or put in so I think it was 27 5, and 1400s. I think uh, Stokes has got about 14 or 15. So whilst he's the closest thing we've had to Botham since Botham. There's been a few others that have tested. I mean Flintoff obviously had a good go, but Stokes went past Flintoff as a cricketer, I think, quite early on in his career. So uh, to sort of say he's the next Botham or he's going to do a Botham type thing is is maybe expecting a lot. But uh, in this modern day, he's one of he's one of the great cricketers in the world, and um, it's great to have him playing cricket. and, and, And on the biggest stage, of course, which will be Australia this winter.
1: Angus Fraser on SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Back tomorrow morning from 6am and you can hear the full chat on the podcast SEN.com.au or download the SEN app. He spoke about the initial squad too that was named for England.
0: Uh, it's the best squad we could get. Um, so whether, I mean, there's obviously some areas in the team where England are vulnerable, uh, noted, most notably the the top of the bat in order and, and maybe a little bit on the spin front. Uh, but but Stokes just gives everybody, well, gives, gives greater flexibility, gives you can play five bowlers, you've got greater depth, you're batting. Uh he's such an important player, not just because of um uh, what he does on the field but on the off the field as well. He's a hugely positive influence around the group and I think I said some before, sort of we sit a lot of times you sit there, uh, there's something taking place through a door and but so who's gonna be brave enough to open the door? And Ben Stokes is always the bloke that's gonna open the door and go in there and, and be the first to take on what's coming in front of him.
1: Angus Fraser with Gary and Tim this morning, and it's very akin to. And I heard Jared Waitley speaking about this, and we we touched on it last night as well. It's it's very much akin to when we found out that uh, Virat Kohli was only going to play one Test last year. It's sort of like, geez, are they are they anywhere near as exciting? I mean, it's no disrespect to the players in both those sides because they've got very good players, but but there is a lightning rod, isn't there? There's someone who is the focal point of every team, especially in cricket. There's a there's a player that. The opposition fans are drawn to, that they, that they put a lot of energy into, um, who, who command the attention. And he is that player. Even though Joe Root's one of the best batsmen in the world and, and arguably at the moment the most in-form uh, batter in the world, it's, I, I still think Ben Stokes is, is, is the player that is most feared. Um, from the English point of view have you say on that one three hundred seven three six seven three six? 736 Chris Rogers Victorian coach former Australian test opener spoke to Gerard Waitley about Ben Stokes today as well I think it's
6: excellent it's I mean no, no doubt it's good for English supporters but I think it, it, it's great for Australian supporters too we, we want to see the best contest and and when we do win we want to hear less excuses so <laughs> I think it's, it's um, no but I think um, a, a, a test theory that's, that's worthy of the ashes that's what we're we're looking for and, and, uh, and hopefully crowds back, um, but watching the best players, that's, that's really exciting. Uh, I, I mean, he's one of the best. It's, he almost plays as two players just because of his ability to bat and bowl. Um, he lifts players around him. Um, he helps balance that side. I think you know I, I watched them a, a fair bit over the, the English summer. They just looked unbalanced. They, they found it hard to, to fit in a, a spinner. Um, and, and with this too, I think without having a lot of pace in their attack, I think that they're hoping that he'll be able to help get the best out of Mark Wood, just not, not putting so much responsibility on him. So um, I think it's, you know, it's it's a huge boost for England.
1: Chris Rogers speaking to Whiteley Whateley uh, earlier on today. He went on to talk about the fact that uh, Victoria are now going to be able to play some Sheffield Shield games uh, against New South Wales.
6: Yeah, it seems that way. We're gonna play three Sheffield Shield matches and, and two one day games. Um we're gonna play up in Sydney at Dremoy Oval first and then and then we're gonna um head down and play at the MCG um for a, a four day and a one day and then pinball back up to play at the S C G um for the same. Just just to give the guys um you know, experience on the big grounds and um and allow those those uh, arenas to prepare pitches before the Test matches w- as well, so um, you know it's a really uh, exciting period coming up. It, it's something that's a bit novel, um, and we'll find out a lot about the players because they'll have to do a lot of problem solving because they'll be presented with with similar challenges. So that that's. You know, that's something to look forward to.
1: Chris Rogers with Jerry Whateley earlier today. James Pattinson's retirement from the longer form of the game caught us all a little bit uh, off guard last week, and um, for, for many who are fans of the game, not having seen uh, what James Pattinson might have been able to do with a sustained run at the top level um, will often be um, a real disappointment because he promised so much, and at the times when he was able to get out there for any great length of time, um, he was a, he performed. Uh, what might have been, he's going to have one of those careers, uh, but hopefully not lost to cricket completely. Chris Rogers spoke about James Pattinson today as well.
6: I think he's he's spoken to um, the coaches really about um, not only trying to perform, he's he still, you know, you know that you're going to get exceptional quality from him on, on the field. I, I think that what he's really looking forward to is is helping the younger bowlers who we've got a lot of, um, just helping them learn the game and, and um, you know, transition through a, a bit quicker. So he's really keen to give back. And, and I think that that's, that's the gold you get out of some of these senior players. You know, looking at Sean Marsh um, scoring an 80 knot out to take his side home. I mean, it lifts the whole competition, having the likes of, of Marsh and Pattinson in it. So, um, you know, we're, we're hoping he's going to be... Um, uh, a player for us for the next few seasons at least and and really, you know, making big contributions on and off the the field.
1: Chris Rogers with Gerard Whateley earlier today. He's back tomorrow morning from 9. SEN.com.au or the SEN app to hear the full chat on the podcast. Adrian's in Roeville. Hello, mate. How you going, mate? Yeah, good.
5: Kind of fitting that that actually finished with a, uh, a bit of a comment about James Pattinson because I think that's what I like so much about Ben Stokes, James Pattinson. Is an absolute competitor, and that's what we mm. miss more than anything, I think. And I think that's what we love about Ben Stokes. And we love to hate Stokes because he's a Kiwi turned Englishman. Um, and if there's something we don't like in Australian sport, particularly Australian cricket, it's a Kiwi or an Englishman. <laughs> um, and I think that Stokes he just has that competitiveness. And I think a lot of us look at him and think, gee, we go, he's an odd cricketer in an England cap. And, um, you know, just the way he bowls, he hits the pitch hard. He's an absolute beast of a competitor, and he's got a great pair of hands. And he's England are nothing with you to be honest they're not a shell of the size they are when he's sitting there at number six and and coming in the bowl first change and you know it's it's scary having him back in because he really does level the playing field a bit uh he and Joe Root bat beautifully together and I think it's only a great thing for for test cricket in this country coming back from what we've all been through the last 18 months two years to to come back to the best possible cricketers performing in our country and and Ben Stokes goes about cricket the right way. He's at least of a competitor. Um, leaves everything on the field, and, and he's shown that against us before. And he does play extremely good Test cricket against Australia. So, um, yeah, very very excited to have him back on our shoulders playing in his uh, in his tight little blue cap. Uh, when you know, and hopefully he can play well and
1: perform. Beautifully said, Adrian. Couldn't agree more. And it just uh, it gives it a bit of it gives it a, it just means a bit more, doesn't it? That if we're if we're if, if and when when we win the ashes it means more that he's there rather than not there because what we don't want is the Poms whinging with excuses we know there's no Joffre for archer we didn't we don't need no ben stokes either so we love the banter we love uh, the uh, the byplay of it all but we don't want excuses uh, now with ben stokes out here, um it eliminates one of those, and it does make it just a far more interesting contest with him, because, as you say, Adrian, they walk taller with him there, they have more belief with him in the side um he is a lightning rod, and uh he is also someone who just makes them i think he just makes them better the moment that he uh suits up and as for as good as Joe Root is and has been especially over the last calendar year, i don't think he has that same effect on the team and and on the opposition. That, that Ben Stokes does. Make of that what you will. one 736 736 So T20 World Cup tonight, South Africa taking on West Indies. That's the nine o'clock game. Uh, SEN app for that one. Uh, Pakistan and New Zealand. Now it won't be on the main station. We're taking the Matildas against Brazil. Uh, that's at nine o'clock tonight. Uh, sorry, eight o'clock tonight that that coverage starts uh, in the second of the friendlies for the Matildas uh, taking on Brazil. Uh Hurricanes, uh, 8 for 132 today. Brisbane Heat, currently none for 21 in reply. Harris, 10 not out. Redmayne, 9 uh, off 7. Uh, the other little story today is the number one wicket taker for spinners last year in the BBL was Tanvir Sanger uh, for the Sydney Thunder. Curtis Pattinson, the New South Wales captain, thinks that he is very, very close to a Shield debut. Um, still a teenager, um, 21 wickets last year in the BBL. He was in the one-day international squad, the New Zealand. He's in the 13-man squad for these Sheffield Shield games uh, against Victoria. And he might just be one of those who just keep an ear on. It's like in racing with the black book. Just put a little circle around him. He could just be one that might just end up being the next big thing. And if you've got some nominations for that then I'd love to hear them. There's a young guy there's a story about on the Cricket Australia website at the moment who's worth having a read about. Lawrence Neil Smith for Tasmania has had an extraordinary couple of Sheffield Shield games. Two fifties, he's taken a five-far. He's earned a player of the match honours and been concussed. He was concussed in a game that he actually won player of the match in. Um, he's batted or bowled on every single day of every single match that they've played in the Sheffield Shield so far. New South Wales, but went to Tassie for more opportunity. There's a great article about him. He could be another one you can add to that list of the players to watch of the young brigade that are coming through that might be the next big thing. Don't forget, Jack Heverin, who used to host this show, said uh, about... Two years out from Cam Green getting picked for Australia. Cam Green, Cam Green, Cam Green, Cam Green. So uh, throw your nominations up for that uh, as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Marcus Bontempelli was on uh, with Andy and Gazy earlier on today. We'll hear a little bit of that shortly. Uh, and also, to the latest on... Ben Simmons uh, and that situation with the Philadelphia 76ers. And Isaac Humphrey spoke to SENSA today about Josh Giddy, his former teammate uh, at the Adelaide 36ers, um, after his incredible performance against the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll hear that and a whole lot more as we wrap up the show. 0433 11 16 to text in your thoughts as well. Time on SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN.
2: It, it's a, you know it was a difficult experience to probably um, try and digest almost you know obviously immediately from when the the final siren went and you realise that you've missed out on an opportunity and been beaten by a you know a bloody good team um, especially when you consider the game and it was seemed like a pretty good game up until they sort of kicked it up a few gears and we just really couldn't find mm. um, enough to get ourselves back in the game and, and you, you, the things you think about straight away are probably, you, you're not sure when your next opportunity might be to, to play in a grand final, you know how how difficult and how hard they are to, to make and then obviously they're even harder the problem with win and and ultimately there's there's going to be a few things we can take out of the season as a whole and the game that were that were largely positive. Um, but I'm not sure you, you carry around the, the weight and the burden of, of, of losing one in, in that sort of fashion. I'm not sure how useful that can be. Um, there might be some some notes of motivation that you can you can drag through into the next sort of pre-season when things get a bit difficult, but we'll largely be looking to the future about what this group can hopefully achieve um, together. And I feel like with a young group and a, and a talented group, there's still some some gold in them hills for us to discover.
1: Marcus Bontempelli with Andy and Gazy uh, on SEN Drive earlier today, sen.com.au for the full chat, the podcast on the app. You can find it there. Spoke about the second-half fade-out in the grand final as well. Or
2: not. Uh, I mean, there, there is probably, you know, there is probably elements of that that you find that um, we were just beaten quite soundly in the end by, by a really good team. And you probably, yeah, more think about the the journey that it took to get there and what it does take to get to a grand final um, that you feel like you've missed an opportunity. Whereas, like you said, the game so quickly became... Um, you know, out of our control and out of our grasp as they just found a, a new gear, a new level to to go to and we really couldn't, like I said, work our way back into it. It is probably part of it. You can just go, well, that was enough yeah. for a quarter and a half. They were right on song um, and we'll be back to our best um, as soon as we can be. Um, so there probably is a, an element to that where you just go... All right, that's sort of that's gone, that's done. Now we move on looking to the future with a with a fresh set of eyes and vision on what might be, you know, up there for us.
1: Dog superstar Marcus Bontempelli uh, with Andy and Gazy, the launch of his new book Little Bont and the Big Secret. Uh, Nick Nat, he has got a book out as well, a children's book. Isn't it great that we live in an era where we've got so many budding scribes amongst all our AFL elite. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, he's also backed uh, the season opener being a rematch with the Demons too. So there's a few people saying, oh, the Dogs wouldn't want to be reminded of the grand final. Uh, Marcus Bond and all four, taking on Melbourne in round one next year in the season opener, which would be far more interesting from, uh, from a perspective any, of anyone who doesn't barrack for the two teams than Carlton and Richmond. But a chat, that is for another day. I was has Comfrey's spoken about Josh giddy uh, and his performance so far. 19 points, uh, eight rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Yesterday, his former Adelaide 36ers big man said this today.
3: Yeah, he's doing well, isn't he? He's, yeah. uh, and I know off the court, he's really loving it too. So um, on the court, you just never know as a rookie going in the NBA, um, but he's, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. I think Josh is one of those people that kind of elevates to whatever level he's playing at. Um, and you know, he's in the NBA now, so he, uh, he's just taking his game that one step further. And I mean, he's, I think it was yesterday, that killer game or the day before, yeah. I can't tell with the time differences, yeah. but, um, just massive. Yeah. He's doing really well.
1: He certainly is turning heads, uh, an early front runner for the rookie of the year. Uh, that's it for time on sporting capital up next. What if this week, uh, we look at a moment in footy history and ask, what if it had gone a different way this week. What if Wayne Carey and John Longmire's draft rights weren't sold by Sydney to North Melbourne? We'll do that next. You can get yourself involved as well. Don't go anywhere. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.